All right, right. Welcome, welcome to Out the Box Talks. I am your host, Krill. We got a special episode for you tonight. Ah, oh, man, I got the beautiful lady right next to me who has been doing her thing for years upon years. I want to welcome her to the Out the Box listening and viewing audience because we're live on uh, YouTube right now. All right. Hey, hey, hey. This is hey. episode 42. Right yeah, yeah. This is episode 42. So I got. Oh, man. Yeah, 42. We, we, we made it to 42 and we're going to keep going. So um, let me just introduce her, man. I don't want to take too much time up, but I got the sister hailing from Detroit. Well, native of Detroit, now hey. representing ATL. None other than Bug Brown, MC Bug Brown. What's good, Bug? Life is good, yo. You have, you have to me, though. I'll give you a little applause. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's good, I'll take Bug? it all where I can get it. I'll take it. It's love. Yo, I, I moved back to Detroit. You know that? Oh, you in Detroit now? Oh, yeah, my goodness. Home. All right. You've been in ATL for a minute. Yeah, like 10 years. Yeah. Wow, wow. Okay, thank you for the update. That's that's important. Yeah. yeah. That's like that was like a three year ago move on the low, kind of like oh shoot stuff. Yeah. Wow. That's what's up. So you know, I gotta I gotta talk to you about a lot today. So first and foremost, just thank you for being here. Thank you for being available, you know, to do this actual interview. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me too. Indeed, indeed. Yes, yes. So I want to take it a little bit back, you know, just for people that might not know about you. You are, you have a history uh, of originally being from Detroit and then moving to Atlanta, and now I'm I'm knowing that you're back in Detroit, which is dope. You're back home, right? Um, but for people that don't know. Give them a little history on, you know, how your journey began as an MC. You know, as, as I understand on the Brown Study album, which was the album I first got wind of, you got a line on, on one of the songs, I think it's called Understanding, where you say you've been writing poetry since you was 14. Take me back yeah. to that time and how that whole st that all started, your love for hip-hop. True. I will uh, let me first say that my love for hip hop started uh, when I was a little older than most MCs and writers in the genre. Because my mom wasn't having that shit. Uh, we was listening to gospel and Luther and Phyllis and Anita. We we wasn't listening to um, hip hop in my household. That was not cool to bring home a CD with a parental advisory on. You know, you would have got your ass whooped or something like that, or it's broken or thrown away or something like that. So we had to sneak and do our thing. So when my mom died when I was 15, what I saw the artist that I looked up to able to um, was to take that pain and transform it or transmute it or give it a whole other thing. So when I was that age, it was like, I didn't want to talk to nobody. I didn't want to see nobody. I didn't want to be in school. I had a smart mouth. I was not, <laughs> I can't, I was a know-it-all. You know what I mean? I was just very, like, rebellious in my spirit. 
I was, you know, as a church girl from younger, I wouldn't call myself a, a church kid, but I will say we was in the church every every, every uh, Sunday, every Bible study, every choir rehearsal, all that. So it was a lot to deal with the fact that God has taken my taken my mother away from me. Mm. <clears throat> Just after that. taking my father away from me. So these things, like from 11, 14, 15, I just broke. And then um, then I got into other shit. Then mm. <laughs> I started being bad, bad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that... So yeah, from, that's, where, that's, where, that's where that started. That's where the poetry started. But then it was like, you know, I never really rhymed because I didn't, you know, I just ain't have skills like that. Shout out to Gerard and Charlene and the Poetry Society, Wood and Ty and all these writers around me, Ada, all these writers around me, Vic, Crystal, Crystal, <laughs> all these writers around me that I was just like banging it out, banging it out, these beautiful soliloquies and rhyme schemes and all these things that I didn't feel like I could do. I just, only thing I really connected to as far as hip hop was concerned was the idea of taking those feelings and putting them in a different, in a different way. Definitely, definitely. Now, talk to me about the move to Atlanta. Like, what prompted, you know, <laughs> you to actually... I mean, because Detroit already had stuff going on. I mean, like, there's names and names of of artists Absolutely. that was really bubbling in the underground in Detroit. But what made you leave that city and then now travel to Atlanta? Because I feel like your, your career really jump-started in Atlanta. So talk to You're me right. a little bit about the move. You're right. Well, I mean, honestly, uh, shout out to uh, all the folks that knew me when I was just freestyling in person a whole lot. I'll shoot to tell you a lot about that. That was like Corona. They can tell you a lot about my uh, highly vulgar freestyle academics that I was trying to do to be a part of. It. And um, hey, look, what's that? Um, so I wasn't necessarily in seeing at that time. I was just kind of seeing where I was at because when I got, you know, from 15 to high school, like to the 17 after I graduated from high school, I went to Eastern and it took me a minute to figure out what I liked or what I wanted to do. But um, I started dating this kid that was an incredible writer and this incredible and brilliant mind. And he created this group called the Poetry Society. And uh, so I was doing poetry up until I moved to Atlanta in 2007. I mean, I was just wetting my feet freestyles. Like, I had never actually even written a rhyme like that before. Uh, Invincible actually showed me how to properly construct what, or to count bars. Um, Invincible, I feel like KT had a little bit of uh, a part in that, too, in helping me to figure out how to write how to create a song mm. is what I, I knew how to write. I know how to write, but creating a song something different. And so I was blessed and fortunate to know these people and have these people around that would, that believe in my talent and my gift and my voice. So that helped me to gain the confidence, but you right, ain't shit pop until I got there. Like, I mean, shit pop. I have two, you know, books of poetry. Um, I had a 
I had a, a project that I released. Man, a project extended play. I released it with the Black Tie Six Project just before I left straight for Atlanta. And um, hopefully nobody has that. I know one person, but I'm right, he's got it. But aside from that, uh, nobody really has that. <laughs> I'm really glad that. Because wow. it's, it's, it's struggling. <laughs> Well, I hate to I hate to disturb you, but try to talk a little closer to the um to the to your device because oh. you you're going in and out a little bit. Okay, work. Can you better. hear me better now? Yeah, much better. Work. Yeah, man, that first joint extended play is struggling as fuck, uh, but uh, it's also uh a kind of a a step a stepping stone like everything else was. You know what I'm saying? Like everything else is. But yeah, my journey didn't really start as far as when I got to Atlanta, it was like, you know, shit or get off the pot. Are you going to rap? Are, do you want to see what you can do with this? Like, you are, you know, you're 25 years old. At this point, you kind of late in the game. Always been a late bloomer. But it was like, you know, you starting at 24, 25 years old, and you kind of colder than a lot of people that's been doing this for a very long time. So, mm. you know, do you want to explore what that means? Do you want to, you know, get into it and figure out what that could mean or what. And so I didn't do that until uh, 2007 when I was already in Atlanta, living in the West Bank with my homegirls. Shout out to Kareem and Crystal. Mm. And Kendra, too. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, man. Dope, dope. When you touch down in Atlanta, like, who, who was the first group of people or first artists or first person that really embraced you and, and, and you know, took you by the hand and kind of showed you the ropes. It could be more nah, than man. one. Yeah. That's loaded. Cause it's that's a lot, a lot yeah. of things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so when we first got to Atlanta, me and Kareem, we went out to the club called NJQ. We was in the parking lot and we was just freestyling in the car. Cause that's what we did. And then this brother, Jason Louder. Shout out to Jason Louder. He was like, yo, y'all, you know, blah, 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 y'all free stuff, whatever, whatever. And um, he was like, yo, let me let me introduce you to. And, like, we had been in town for maybe, like, a week, maybe two. And uh, so we met Jason. We met Brian. We met, we met Dukes. We met, I think, Quam. Mind you, all these people are, like, involved in the hip-hop scene in some way, shape, or um, whether they be MCs, writers, producers, or whatever, right? Person that really actually um took my music seriously was a brother that was in town doing a show with uh with uh, Invincible, who happened to be doing the show too. Who was like, "Yo, I know you do you still rap? Because if you do, you know, I got this show at Eardrum. Shout out to Eardrum." Um and come through come share the shades come rock the stage i tr crash and burn but it was good to have that experience of being on stage and understanding what the give and take was what the ebb and flow was right but invincible introduced me to a peer who introduced me to illustrate because he was like yo you want to meet the illustrator producer in atlanta and i was like what yeah <laughs> and um Introduced me to Illustrate, and Illustrate took me under his wing and showed me a lot about, a lot more than I knew about making music and making music consistent. 
and then understanding what my voice was like on the mic, what it sounded like recorded, um, it, it, you know, really kind of gave me the idea and the understanding of uh, what, it, what, what it meant to be an, uh, an artist. So shout out to Illustrate for sure. Yeah, big ups to illustrate, man. I'm I'm, I'm gonna talk about him in a little bit, but um, I, I I was watching an interview with you, and you were talking about how you, when you was in Detroit, you were actually freestyling, you know, side by side with cats like Elza. Tell me what what that experience was uh, like. It was ridiculous because not only was Elzai there but you know we were at this spot we were at the spot you know what I mean and we don't have to get into the spot so we was at the spot and so if everybody was outside smoking or doing anything um a cypher would bust and so you happen to look up and goddamn by 10 is there or Elzai wow. or you know what I'm saying it's like holy shit <laughs> and you just want to jump in because you're hella excited like me how excited to be in the presence of these motherfuckers because who else are you going to rap with? You know, like you're in the car and you're driving with Invincible to meet the Platinum Pipe Pipers do a wow. thing in New York. And how can you not freestyle? You're excited about the idea and the proximity and all of it. It's like, oh my God, all of this is blowing my mind. Like right. I can actually make a career from writing my thoughts in a way that is rhythmic and connects to people. You mean to say I can make a whole fucking career out of that? <laughs> I am excited. I am enthralled. I never knew anything that I wanted to do more. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. I'm truly blessed. Wow. Blessed. Did you? Did... Shout out to Marv One because Marv was there too. Shoot. Monica Blair. Like, I mean, amazing, crazy, fucking phenomenal artist. Wow. Here in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I'm just curious to know, did you ever connect with Dilla back then? Like, did you ever, like, make connections or... Wow. Because I know you're a I big mean, Slum I... fan. Say what? Because I, I know you're a huge Slum fan. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. right? you coming from the city. But, um... Yeah. Yeah. But by yeah. 10, I mean, I, would, I, I wouldn't say that we were far off, but if perhaps if we had more time, right. then maybe... But honestly, he just strikes me as the type of man, the type of person, the type of artist that really be focused on what it is that he, the, the brainchild that he was working on at that time. So if right. he didn't fall right in front of that, then you kind of, you know, and I ain't mad at that because when you have a, a, a process and have a, a idea of where you want things to go, you do the things that make them go that way. And unfortunately, I was not. I wasn't rhyming at the time. I didn't have the what it took to even stand necessarily in the room with the brother unless he was about to take me under his wing and be like, yo, this is how you do this. But outside of that, there would be no reason. You know, I am a, I am a fan first. My, my partner doesn't like when I say that, but I really am. <laughs> like, I really, 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 honestly and truly, like, value these people. I could totally respect okay. that. And I think when when you come from that humble place, I feel like it reflects in your art. So I, I can definitely so. respect that. Um, so let's talk about Illustrate, right? I've heard you talk highly of him. What is it about mm -hmm. Illustrate that 
really made an impact on the way you saw your artistry? Mm. Honestly, I gotta say it's um kind of a Midwest thing. I don't know if anybody else can necessarily understand it unless you're from the Midwest. It was from um Indiana and uh of course I'm from Detroit. But you know, you got the Jacksons coming out of Indiana coming to Detroit. I mean, beyond that, beyond the historical reach, we talking about a person that knows how to hear a song, right? So even if the production is just what he's working on at that time, he can still hear where the song will go, you know, or could go or can go. And if he doesn't, if he didn't hear where you thought the song was going to go, he's not so uh, tied to it that he's not like, damn, okay, I didn't see you take it there. All right, cool, let's go this way. You know what I mean? He's open and always been open. So it's uh, really nice to have learned with him and worked with him because he's just a dope cat, man. He just hears songs. Like, he never made beats. He'd be like, oh, you send me beats. I, I, never, I never hear beats. I hear songs, right? So when I hear a producer send me a song, I can show up to where the song wants me to go. But when people just send me beats, it's like, okay, I mean, this them, they don't send beats. They beat, but wow. I, I hear I hear it in a way where you know I want it. He heard a song. He hears songs, and I appreciate that because um, it helps me to hear the song that I'm supposed to put on there. And so when he produces, he produces like an actual producer and not just. I think it's. So I, can, I think it's dope that you met him. I feel like at the height of your career. Because your your ability to actually do songs in a complete way it actually shows. So I think you just you just met him at the right time, <laughs> you know. Dope, dope. Yeah. So, um, oh, we got somebody that said they're they're a humble fan. Hey, oh, oh my boo. Hey, Becca. Big ups. Big ups. Hey, hey, yeah, <laughs> my girl. So. Dope, dope girl magic. Uh, it comes yep. out in 2011. Very dope track. You're just like going in, like lyrically, you know what I mean? Catching wreck. Um, but this is before the term black girl magic becomes popularized in 2013. Right? Yeah. I mean, so, Young Jack was talking about Dope Boy Fresh in Atlanta <laughs> in 2011, maybe. Wow. So I heard that, and I was like, hmm, maybe I could flip that into Dope Girl Magic. Wow. I was going to ask you the inspirations, because I'm like, you know, you got Black Girl drum. Magic that comes out as a hashtag, as a movement. So I'm wondering, like, when you created Dope Girl Magic, like, did you foresee it as potentially being a movement? No, unfortunately, I guess okay. that was something I could have capitalized on, but I just didn't have the capacity to at that point. I wasn't doing it for that. You know, I was just rapping because it was like, oh, I can rap and listen to me now that I got this much better, you know? <laughs> so it wasn't like that to me. It was just like, oh, I can, so I do. 
period. And then Joe Curl Magic, it, it, it's a dope t-shirt, and it's absolutely still 100% where it can and it will go later is infinite. I'm not worried about that. But, you know, you got to plant the seed. Indeed. So. I, I feel like, I feel like you know, strategically, you might be able to release an album called Dope Girl, Dope Girl Magic and like kind of really run with it. Run with the brand, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, Absolutely. I just don't want it to be a gimmick. You I know, you. that's the thing. Like, just like with the Black Lives Matter kind of shit that's happening right now, it gets gimmicky. And you lose the... Mm, you, you lose the... The essence. essence. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't... I, don't, I would never want that because dope, I know dope girls everywhere in all walks of life. Yeah. Everywhere. Across the globe. Everywhere. Wow. You know what I mean? And I would hate for them to be put on display in a way that isn't uh, beneficial to them. Because you know black girls don't get shit when it comes to somebody wanting to appropriate what they got going and how fly and how dope and how amazing they are. A lot of times they, after they get exploited, they get left out of the conversation. Mm. And I don't appreciate that at all. So I would I would hate to throw that out there and, and, and let. But then I also, it's like, I'm looking at Star Rock with Goddess Gang, and I'm like, God, motherfucking right. It got to be a Goddess Gang. Got to be. You, you, know you know what, what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know what I would say about you, though? I feel like if you went ahead and you moved with that as like your, you know, as a movement, or whatever it be your next album title or whatever, like I feel it'll be in good hands because as I listen to you and just knowing like what your vibe is with this, you're very very careful with things. So I think just the type of person you are, it's gonna be in good hands, you know. Just the fact that you can even say that right now, like you want to be that like you you don't want it to be gimmicky, like it already speaks to. The, the level of integri integrity you'll carry with it. You know what I'm saying? I received that, brother. Yeah, Thank yeah. You so so think about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got to say, the track that really, really grabbed my attention when I first heard of you was the Detroit remix that Apollo uh, Brown produced. Yo, let me grab my charger real Go quick. Yeah, do you, do you. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So we got Boog Brown in the place. This is Krill from Out the Box. I'm going to be bringing... Uh, she, she's just going to get her charger. We yeah, we're right out. over here. Thank you to everybody out there listening or viewing, yes, on YouTube. I got to remember yes, that yes, we're yes. live right now. So shout out right. to Sacred Soul, Talia Jam. Shout out to Rebecca, humble fan, big ups. Indeed, indeed. So... um, The homies. The homies. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the Detroit remix, that was the track that really grabbed my attention. And I just remember like thinking about your voice. Like your voice is so complimentary of like soulful beats. Like there's a there's a like a perfect marriage between your voice and the soulful beats. And that's the track that just hit me. And you know that your your work with Apollo Brown with the Brown Study project, that's like one of my favorite projects from you. If not, probably my favorite project in your whole catalog. But um, 
I wanted to just kind of get some insight from you. Like, how did that collaboration, how did that relationship come to be where it would be released as a, a full-length project with you and Apollo? So, uh, Twitter. Twitter. Twitter, whoa. Yeah. Um, we met on Twitter, uh, me and uh, Mike from Mellow Music Group. And uh, he reached out about wanting to do some sort of a uh, Walking Brown do kind of project originally with uh, Kev Brown, Paula Brown. So, and uh, there was another Brown I'm missing. I feel like yeah, I'm there's another brown. Anyway. It's escaping me too. And I'm like, I know when I get off with you, I'm a, I'm a remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always works. Like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, he reached out. I was like, yeah, let's do a thing. Kev was not about that life. Paula was like, all right. I was like, all right. You know, I just wanted to step out there. Uh, was I prepared? No. So I had a gang of poetry that I had in books that I just kind of reconfigured into rap. And um, it's funny that you talk about this right now. I was looking at um, Mellow Music Group's release to, uh, uh, of Shea Noir's project. Yeah, big up to Shea. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was just strange that they would do that on the 10-year anniversary of uh, the Brown City. Like, you know what I mean? Like, September is 10 years now. So oh, wow. It's just kind of like, mm, that was an, odd, an interesting choice. I mean, but big up. But interesting. interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, but it's 10 years. Yeah. 10 years since that project came yeah. out. There's been so many projects since then. It kind of troubles me that people get stuck on it because it's like, it is an introductory piece. Um, it is a, there is a whole lot of woman that's developed and a whole lot of artists that's come forth since then. Indeed. So it's a little kind of, it's kind of, um, uh, stagnating. I hear you. If you, if, if you, if you know, if you can understand that, it's, it's like, you know, I wouldn't resort to being on some Jay-Z shit. Like, you know, you want the old day by the old album. But if you want the old book, buy the old album. Because right, there's right, a lot right. more to it's come. It's like that with, Illmatic with thing, the right? Where... As you evolve, you would hope, you know. Yeah. I, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you, and I respect that. Um, I'm just being honest in, 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 in what I, oh, no, in like, what I feel. Look, but I will say this. Uh, you got some other projects that you've released from since then that's pretty hard, too which yeah. I will definitely get into in this interview today. So, um, but I kind of wanted to start at the beginning of your timeline with these releases and just kind of come up. Right. So we will talk about the Spitzwell project, <laughs> Summer Days Volume 1. Let me say that okay. early because I know that's like the newest thing and I definitely love that too. So, um, but um, let's talk about going from the Apollo Brown release to the remix. There's a plethora of producers on there from Dunk of DTMD to Georgia and Modro to DJ Soko, 14KT, Audible Doctor, illustrators on there as well. Like how, how did that come to be? Like what, what was the whole 
mission behind having these producers, you know, hand beats to this project? You really would have to ask Mike about that, okay. the Mellow Music Group, because I didn't really have a lot of say-so except for a couple of folks, right? So I know Marv, I know KT, I know Illa, okay. I know Yamin, you know what I mean? Or or I, I think he was going by Amdex back then uh, when he did the remix project. But I know those cats, so it was I had the opportunity to bring some folks to the table, but... I would have loved to have been able to develop more of a relationship with Dunk and, and Audible Doctor and Georgia and Mojo, but I, there kind of wasn't the space mm. to be able to, to do that in that time. Right, right. So I don't really know the logic behind it, except maybe that it was just meant to kind of move it further along. And so they all came out really dope. Really, really appreciate the work that all those artists put in on it. Yeah. Because it was fresh. You know what I mean? It was fresh as fuck. Wow. Yeah, yeah it, it, you know, I, I like to ask these questions because it, it kind of gives you a, a deeper understanding of the backstory on how these, you know, these projects came together. And it actually makes sense. Like, I, this has happened before on many other projects, you know. But um, it, it was really dope. I, I, me, personally, I felt like the original project was dope by itself. But um, I kind of wanted to know, like, how did these other producers come into the fold? You know, but they were and both have, dope. Yeah. At this point now, though, that that now that I um can ask them, like, what were they thinking on it? Honestly, if I'm honest, like, I know there were a lot of folks that were like, yeah, let's work, let's work, let's work. But then also it was like a time where checks was actually getting signed and sent, you know? So a lot of it sometimes in the music industry doesn't have a lot to do with um, code or eye-to-eyeness. It got a lot to do with money. So, I mean, a lot of that has to do with that too. And that's not even a, that's not a problem at all. Shit, get your bag, get your paper, do whatever you want. I mean, I think you have to get your bag. Uh, but get your money and do what you do what's necessary, do what you need to do and make the art that you feel comfortable and that you want to create. So I feel like all those artists did that on that project. But also I feel like a lot of it was a business move instead of where it could have been an actual, you know what I mean? An actual, it could have been that, but it wasn't. Right, right. And that, you know what I mean? We could have really, I mean, Georgia and Maldo, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. come on, dog. Come yeah. on, man. She's so amazing. Even Odyssey remix of the, uh, of the Essence, you know what I mean? It was just like. Oh, Odyssey was on there? Uh, I missed that. No, 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 not that one, but okay. he remixed one of my songs called okay. The Essence. Got it, got yeah. it. And, um, you know, even with that, it could have been different if the relationships had been different. Got it. But they weren't. They were more formal. Got as it. opposed to uh, not formal or informal. Yeah. Got it. So let me, I want to go into some of the lyrics. You cool with Work. that? Um, yeah. All right. So let's yeah. talk about. And Thanks I'm, for listening. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you an MC, you know, I'm a lyric head. I was an MC back in the days. Maybe I'll still be an MC at some point, you know, but I, I'm, I'm a fan. Bro. I'm a fan. Word. I'm, I'm a fan of the art. So I want to I wanna talk about a line from Master Plan. 
You say on that song, I want the power, peace, knowledge, wisdom, understanding. And you say that repeatedly like it's part of the hook or something. It is. Now, yeah. Now, when I think of the term power, it can easily be viewed as synonymous with greed or control. But when you mm -hmm. align it with the words peace, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, to me, it takes on a new meaning. Can you explain what you really mean when you, you know, use the word power and align it with those those other words? Because I feel like you were on to something with that. That's my favorite song on that album. Um, yeah, there's a video for it, too. I remember. Yeah, it was like kind of like I think it was like the remix to it. But yeah. 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 We'll we'll shot that shot. Will. Um, anyway, uh, that song. Power, peace, knowledge, wisdom, understanding yeah. power in that. We have to recognize where our power is. And for me, I didn't for a long time. So power and then peace, because with that power, there's going to be obviously some turmoil from chaos, something that's going to happen to get you to understand and recognize that power. Peace, knowledge, knowledge to understand. Well, knowledge to apply, understanding to understand. That's the master. It's knowing your power, having the peace to control it and sit in it, the wisdom to know what to do with it, the knowledge to carry it forward, the understanding to understand that this is not necessarily all about you. Mm. This has to do with, I mean, shit, we all one foot in the grave, are we not, you know? These children, too, that are born young and us in our age, what do we have but our legacy? And to be honest, I wasn't thinking about that shit not then, <laughs> honestly. I was thinking about the power to pull myself out of my circumstances, circumstances, the wisdom to understand what that actually meant, the knowledge to apply myself in a way to do better. You know what I mean? To understand it, to never be back in some of those situations that Maybe I found myself back in. Maybe I don't understand what it is I was asking for. Maybe, I, you know what I mean? But it, it's always a breadcrumb for me. Every time I write something, it's not just for that current moment. It's also a process of Sankofa for me. It's, you don't know where you're going until you know where you've been, right? So these breadcrumbs, these ultra high times that I have when I'm writing or when I'm sitting or when I'm engaged or when I'm listening. These, these moments of clarity, these epiphanies essentially that I put in my bars and in my words, they're for other people, but they're for me. These are the breadcrumbs that you go back to. I want the power, peace, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, the master plan, the master you know what I mean? That is a mantra to say, just to, to repeat, to keep on repeating your life. You do want the power, the peace, the knowledge, the wisdom, and the understanding. Because how can you do anything without those things? You know? I wasn't thinking about this fully when I wrote it, but I damn sure know what it means now. 
and I know what I wanted it to, to convey. I know that I'm so solidified in what I I needed it to mean. For me then even because it was like, Elsie, pull yourself out of this pull yourself out of this darkness. Write write something incredible, you know. And so I feel like I did and I feel like I do. But these are for me. You know what I mean? This is my therapy. So because you feel it, it gives me greater joy. It, well, it gives me really great joy, but because I feel it, it's really great. You know? Wow. Man, I don't know if you could have said it better. That was a real, real dope <laughs> breakdown. I wasn't even expecting you to go in that deep, but that's what's up. Yay. <laughs> scholarship, man. Scholarship. We talking about scholarship. Shout out to Malik Wolf. <laughs> Shout out to Ursa. Hey, Ursa, hey, what's up? All right. So there's another. I'm, I'm gonna be going through some lyrics, man. So I hope you you rocking with me on this. I'm gonna be going yeah, through some lyrics. So um, all right. There's another line, another dope line on that track where you say, "I want to profit without losing who the goddess is." Now, that's a very deep line. I had to think about that one. Because when I think about it, I'm like, hold on. A goddess, you sh it shouldn't matter whether you got money or not to be a goddess. But I'm just curious to know from, like, your own perspective, what makes that line an actual reality for a woman in the music industry? Hmm. Well, I mean, shit, you see, you see what, what, the, what the response to WAP has been. Uh, so I mean, we can that. get into yeah. it because, yeah. but we we're gonna have to get into it because to to discuss, I want to profit without losing who the goddess is. Um, people seem to think that the goddess is a monolith, and the goddess is all of it, because that is the purpose of the goddess to be all of it, to be all encompassing. Because you do create the life, so you don't want to imbalance the womb. You don't want you know what I mean? You don't want to be judgy. You don't want to be, you know, it's, it's too much to qualify or quantify a goddess spirit into a thing, right? The goddess is all encompassing, right? So to be able to profit in that space, oftentimes this industry requires you or would like to make you feel like you are required to um, compromise yourself or lie who you are or change who you are, you know what I mean, for money, for success, for gain. But that's not actually true. It's not actually who we have to be. So the goal was always, I mean, I always saw, I would rather be Betty Davis and Millie Jackson than be you know what I mean? Little Kim. Not that I got hate or spite for Little Kim, because Little Kim blew a lot of the stuff. Brown did, Foxy Brown did too. Bahamadia did too. Lauren Hill did too. Money Love did too. Queen Latifah did too. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are all goddesses. So if they have all, if we have the capacity and the capability to pre present all of these different aspects of ourselves or of womanness to the scene, we should all be able to profit. But I watched Queen Latifah, MC Light, Yo-Yo, Eve, 
I watched so many women kind of disappear from the limelight if they weren't presenting in a certain way. You feel me? So when people look at Cardi and May and be like X, Y, Z, or with their judgments about how they present themselves, and yes, as artists, we do have a responsibility to our listeners. But no, we do have to make the art because we don't have the dialogue about it if we don't make the art. So it's got to be there. So if the standard needs to be changed or addressed, then that's something that we got to do otherwise. But you can't be mad at them for making the art. The art is there for a reason. It's there to be dissected. It's there to be discussed. It's there to be put where it you're not going to see a Picasso at Kroger, did you? Like, it's a, art is supposed to be where art is supposed to be. But there are realities of our world that don't get to be smited because someone doesn't agree with you. You know, yes, these women are profiting off sex, but sex has been selling for ages, for centuries, for generations. And not only has sex been selling, but sex when it comes to the black woman who is either a prude or a whore when it comes to the mainstream media, you don't get to decide what these women do. You don't get to decide what women do. You get to ask questions to try to understand. You get to try to create a dialogue in a safe space to understand why this art is necessary. Why it's necessary for a line like, I want to profit without losing you a goddess. That's yeah. important. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you need art to facilitate these. That's why when wars happen, they kill the artist first. Mm. Because the artist is going to make you think. The artist is going to make you think outside of your current circumstance. That's what the challenge is. You feel me? Wow. Well said. You know, you kind of beat me to it. I I was going to come right here with WAP. (laughs) You know, I was going to go right to it. Because I'm going to keep it real with you, Bug. Like, I personally feel like the video has a place, but not for the masses. Right? Mm -hmm. For for kids, for everyone to see. Like when we had when it was like BET uncut, like there was a space for that. So I'm not I'm not mad at the video. I just don't know if, if it's if if it should it needs have to be on that at two o'clock in the afternoon. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it needs to be as accessible because honestly, there's a difference between censorship and decorum, right? And so if we're talking about raising young girls into young women and young wives and young mothers, we are also raising young men to be young fathers, young men, young sons. Like, you're, we're raising both. We're not raising just one of these two. We're raising both, right? Definitely, all these things need to have some, some sort of, somehow we got into a fucking free-for-all, and now there is no safeguards to protect our little from all this bombarding of all these ideas that they might be a little too young to process or navigate. So that's 
uh, that's an uncomfortable situation and an uncomfortable truth that we need to address. Yeah. Certainly. And, and I want to be clear too, like I'm not singling out WAP. Like I'm, I'm saying for oh, anybody, no. you, the brothers that do that's it, everybody. like it, it, it needs to be, you know, there's a lot of strip club hip hop or, you know, if you want to just call it rap, like it's been happening prior to this. I feel it's the same thing. Like keep there's a up, place G. for that. Keep it in the club, G. Yeah. I mean, you didn't know Uncle Luke unless you knew Uncle Luke. You ain't know Pony Express until, unless you knew Pony Express. You ain't know all these dances and things. You ain't know new dance show unless you knew new dance show. Like you, there were, there's a time and place for everything, for everything. But I think we have gotten so far outside of ourselves that we will allow or accept everything. And some of us will not, right? So every time my partner call, uh, uh, tells me, like, you know, well, we have a responsibility to the children to not allow them to be there and it's time and place for everything. It also brings me back to the idea that parents had a lot more control over things, right? When they went to school, they weren't, kids weren't able to look over at their friend's phone so readily or their tablet so readily or their computer screen so readily and see things that might be cool for one household but not cool for another. So we as adults have to do our due diligence too because it does take a village and the village is still fucking there and you got to stop fronting on the village because I know for a fact if you... If I saw your six-year-old walking down the street doing something that they should not be doing or listening to something they should not be listening to, it should be perfectly fine for me to say, hey, your mama know you listening to that? Watching that? Yeah. Your daddy know what you're doing over here? It's the old school way. It's yeah. perfectly fine for me to say that without being like, oh, you little bastard, you, uh, all of that. That's not necessary. But it is necessary for you to know, hey, Dear, maybe no, I'm not right now. Maybe that's not for you. Hey, cut that shit off. Hey, you know what I mean? If we deserve to be that village with each other, to do that check and balance with each other, and I don't know necessarily how we got here, but yeah, I like where we're going. <laughs> no, I respect that. I respect that. So there's been a lot of back and forth talk recently, critiquing how the black man treats the black woman and vice versa, you know, um, on both sides. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Say it again. That's important dialogue. Yeah, definitely important. And you know, when I listen to your music, you, you do a really good job kind of balancing your perspectives, you know, like speaking for the woman, but also speaking, you know, for a man that might be done wrong or whatever, like, I could, I could definitely appreciate and respect that. Um, just, just from your point of view on both sides, what do you think is holding us back from valuing and respecting each other so that um, we can really come together and be unified, like on both sides? What's holding the man back and what's holding the woman back uh, in terms of us, you know, being very, 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 respected? very, very simply a seed of divisiveness was sown into the origin story of the black man and the black woman on the American continent, right? So if the black man's origin story is that he is tortured, beaten, killed for sticking up, standing up for, or desiring, or making 
making a family with a black woman. And then a black woman is tortured, raped, beaten, and killed for trying to protect the black woman. Just like if we're, we're, we're told that we're supposed to be a part, and that's the origin story that's been on this soil for so long, then that is the reason that we can't get on task with each other. Mm. Because we won't admit that this is a thing that is beyond us. Now, the cure and solution is absolutely ours and our birthright, and we need to get to it. However, it's impossible to get through things that you won't face. So if you won't face the fact that we were created to despise and combat with one another, so that is going to percolate into all the things. That's going to be bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks all on the radio. That's going to be, um, you know, fuck bitches, get money, fuck niggas, get money. It's going to be all of these things that are, we were, we were pulled from each other so we could be influenced by other things and not one another. Because I know when I see a black man loving up on a black woman and a black woman loving up on a black man, it's almost nothing fucking better, right? On mute, watching uh, Lovecraft Country and one of the open scenes in the first episode, you see Courtney Vance and his wife and they are having the most intimate exchange and it looks so beautiful. And it's like, this is not the only one I've ever seen. But also, when do you see a fully grown, cisgendered black man loving up on a beautiful, cisgendered black woman? That wow. imagery is almost stripped completely out of the media. You know what I mean? Somebody, somebody got to have a white partner or a mixed partner. And not that there's anything wrong with any of it. Love is love. But I'm talking about a specific and deliberate and intentional leaving out of this imagery of a black man loving a black woman and a black woman loving a black woman. Specifically, it is left out of the conversation. Mm. Specifically. So now we don't see that. And so now, you know, you've locked up or tried to lock up all the black men and brown men that you can so they can't be in the family. Because when I was coming up, I knew my great-granddaddy, my granddaddy, my daddy, my uncle, brothers, cousins, all the black men was there. And so now, ain't no more black men around to stand in to say, hey, little young boy, that ain't how you talk to your mama. That ain't how you talk to your sister. That ain't how you do this, right? So when you steal the black man away from the black woman, you give her little to work with, and you stress her to fuck out. And so now she got to do all this extra shit in order, and so now she's grown this level of resentment because she can't. Where's her mate? Where's her nigga to lean on? Where's her shoulder? Where the fuck Wendy? But that is by design. And once we can acknowledge that that is by design, we can get past a lot of the shit because then we can drop the, oh, you ain't got it bad as I do. You ain't did this. You ain't had to. True. Neither of us has had to go through either of each other's stories but we've had plenty of our own to have to go through so 
now that that's a fact and that's admitted, now we can get past some of the hurt that was there inflicted because somebody intentionally made us inflict hurt upon each other in order to keep us apart. Wow. So it's not, not our fault, wow. but it is our responsibility to change. Absolutely. You know, when you, you spoke about the black man being taken away, it just rung home to me because when I look at just my own family, you know, my pops ain't here. My grandfather ain't here. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I look at just the men in, 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 in other close family members, they're not here. Like, and, right. and, and it's for multiple different reasons, you know? Right. Some of it is right. they're just not here on the, on the earth anymore. Some of it is they, you know, they, you know, they're not in relationships anymore there's just multiple things happening with us so you know it, it it really it's a sad thing when you really think about it but it's a reality that we definitely got to come to grips with and I like the fact that you talked about going back like you know just dealing with like knowledge of self you know and knowing your origin and, and understanding that the origin is 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 bigger than what you might have been told you know right yeah right yeah. for true right. That's what's up. For truth. And then and then guard your babies, watch your babies, make sure they don't get exposed to all this bullshit. If any any baby that's in the life of a black man should be loved up on by that black man and by that black woman to make sure that they know that they don't have to seek that in something else that is not of them. Let them know who they are so that they don't seek it from something a substance or someone or, or something that's not good for them. Like just give them the tool to figure it out. Give them the tools to understand and then give them the love that's necessary to cultivate it. That is not fair for us to leave these kids out here like this. It's not. We are not doing a service to our elderly age, to our eldership in order to make sure that what we are absolved from the guilt that there are kids out here that don't know the code to the street and don't know the code to the game because motherfuckers dropped the ball. Mm. We we dropped the ball somewhere. Somewhere we dropped the ball. That's everybody. That's all of us. We dropped the ball somewhere. Mm. And wherever the fuck we dropped that bitch, we got to find it and pick it up because we ain't got the kind of time to just sit around and be like, mm, everything's cool. No, it's not. It's not cool. And there's no one to blame except this fucking systemic bullshit that we've been dealing with for all of our entire lives. Mm -hmm. Let's go to another track. <laughs> hey, 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 sorry, we got to heat it up sorry. in here, man. But I love it. I love it. Scholarship, y'all. Scholarship. I'll be looking at scholarship. I'm not thinking about. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, I'm not thinking respect. about anything else. So, on Carpa Diem, you say. Yeah, I caught a setback and had to sit back and take notice. No income focus on how to make this dream pay me. If you don't mind sharing, at least maybe to some degree, what was that actual setback? I mean, you got to go back in the archives right now. You got to go back to the lyrics. <laughs> but what was the setback and what, what had happened to you to get to the place where um the dream could actually pay you like 
what had to happen really for you to get to a place where this actual dream could pay, could pay you? That's what I meant to say. I just had to believe I could do it. That's it. Just believe. There's really nothing else to do. It's just, wow. Can you or can't you? Yes, you're right, either way. And so it was like, oh, okay. Setback was like, the setback could have been when I lost to Bonneville or had to sell to Bonneville because I couldn't um, pay my bills. Or the setback could have been um, not realizing the bus schedule and then being late for work and losing my job. Or the setback could have been, I don't know, being downtown in Atlanta and my homegirls, because I wasn't pulling my weight, being like, yeah, nah, we can't fuck with you like that in, on, on, a, on a roommate situation. You know what I mean? That could have been a setback. But something like that will let you know, like, oh, shit, I never want to feel like this again. So I'll never put myself in this position. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Was the setback like motivational for you? Would you say the setback itself had an yeah. impact on you now believing, as you say? An opportunity in overalls or work clothes. Isn't that how it goes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, heck yeah. Wow. Yeah, those setbacks were never any... As, a, as an artist who deals with depression regularly... I could have, um, I could still be the person that would be um, confronted with something and then crawl into a space and then just want to curl up and die and not do anything for months. Mm. And for me to be where I am right now is a testament to having to go through those setbacks and understanding where my resilience was, where my discipline was, where my dictuitiveness is, mm. you know, or was, or is, is. Yeah. <laughs> but know, yeah, that, yeah, they opportunities. They are all motivation. Yeah. yeah, and your music reflects that. You know, when I think about a lot of your lyrics, you know, I'm not saying it's the only thing you rap about, but you you do have a lot of lyrics where it's always about kind of like pushing forward and. It, it in in a way it's it's inspirational for the listener you know i feel like it comes across very inspirational for the listener but it seems like it, it's it's also personal you know for you you know and it's kind of would you say your music kind of like is is a little therapeutic to you or helps you as you write i know some people some artists feel that way yeah wow definitely wow definitely Dope. Uh, one of the things I noticed about your album and EP releases is that they're pretty spread out. I, I want to say like it's either two or three years apart. Some is just like two years and then you hear a new one. What's the reason for the distance? Talk to me a little bit about that. Uh, <clears throat> I feel like in order to, for me to not make the same song over and over again, I kind of got to go through some shit. There's a whole big difference between theory and practice, you know? So you can go somewhere and learn. Like, for example, I had the privilege to, to study with Dr. Jewel Pukram. Mm. And a part of what I learned uh, with her, I wanted to, I was so excited about it. I wanted to share it. Share, 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 share it. Almost to the point where it was overbearing. And I, it was too much, right? 
but I had no practice. I had no practice in what those those teachings I was learning was. I had to go out into the life, into the world, and live, figure it out. So I like to give myself a little space and time to breathe and live. I don't feel like I need to capitalize at every moment because, like I said, I'm not making music to be somebody big-ass star. However, I'll take those big-ass checks. <laughs> but I'm not trying to do, you know, extra shit. I want my family to eat well. I want my father to be taken care of. I want my children and children's children to be taken care of. So I do want a, a level of success, but it doesn't have to look a certain way. Mm. You know what I mean? All these things, it's necessary for us to have to persist. Say it again, Bug. You broke up a little bit. Be able to practice what we preach. Say uh, it, we got to practice what we preach. Okay. Oh, no. What's happening? No, nah, you good. You you broke up a little bit. <laughs> Don't uh, worry. You'll come back. Um, it's, it's, it's about, it was about practicing what you preach. You know what I mean? You can't be talking one thing and doing another because that's, that'll be obvious in your music, too. That'll be obvious in your videos. It'll be obvious in your skin. It'll be obvious all over you. Wow. You know? So I used to, I like to take a little time to catch a breather, catch a break, and um, practice what I preach. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I, I, I could only respect that, you know. But um, I feel like, I feel like I just wanted to ask it, you know, because, you know, different artists have different reasons as to why they take those distances, but I could definitely respect that. So your project, The Late Bloom, came out in 2013. And I feel like it may be one of your underrated projects, if 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 I'm correct. Like I, I feel it's kind of underrated. I could be wrong. But um the, t- yeah. <laughs> the title really Hell stood yeah. out to me because uh I watched the interview where you were talking about actually being a late bloomer. <laughs> And I'm just curious to know if you still see yourself that way or has your visions for your career and your personal goals become more clearer now? They've absolutely become more clear now. I don't know that that has a lot to do with my approach to this, mm. right? My vision is clear. Um, I'm, I'm very happy with the progress that I'm making with my life and the triumphs and the trials, I'm good with all of it. Um, I still feel a little bit like a late bloomer just because I like to sit, I don't, I want to be in the back of the club watching. I don't want to be in the middle of the club doing. Mm. Or I I prefer if I'm going to be out at a bar that I'm either back in the back of the crowd or on stage. I don't want to be in the middle. So I'm more absolute about the things that I want to encounter or wish to encounter. Um, But I don't know that that necessarily means that my approach is going to be any faster than it has been. Mm -mm. (laughs) Not at all. I like to take my time. I could see that. I could see that. It's I, important. It's important to consider the things, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you always talk about like 
you know, even like, I think it was an interview I watched where you was like, you didn't really start knowing that you wanted to rap until about 25. So, you know, I just wanted to touch base to see like, if that's, if that's still been kind of like the, the flow for you, which is cool if it is, you know, uh, because I'm sure there's people that can relate to that, you know, a lot of people. What do you mean? What's the flow? That the label on is the flow? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. Because I'm going to be honest, I'm a late bloomer too. Like, it took me a lot longer. You know, I was like the last person to finish exams. You know what I mean? In, right. in school. Like, I'm always right. the last person coming out. You know, so... And then a lot of other things. You know, but I think there's a, there's a level of... um, How you say? A, lot, a level of quality that comes with that too. You know, for certain individuals. Yeah. I could say it gives that. You time. Yeah. Humbly for me, I could say that. Um, Sun Up is probably my second. You good? <laughs> I was a little good. Yeah, I just shine that light right in my directly in my eyeball. Oh, okay. Mm. You good right. now? <laughs> All right, yeah, cool, cool, cool. All so, right. Sun Up is probably my second favorite project in your catalog. Mm. The opening track, nice. very, very powerful track. Uh, it's a, a woman is speaking. She has this speech where she's talking about the ups and downs of life. And, you know, the idea that, you know, life has its really good moments and then it has its bad moments. But it doesn't stay that way for long. It gets better. Then it goes back to that. And I, what I got to say about that opening track is like the message is so inspirational because it kind of grounds Wait. you. You're talking about Sun Up? Yeah, the first track, Sun Up. It's actually titled Sun Up. It's like an interlude. The in no, the intro to Sun Up, you mean the, the you speech. mean um, the unknown is what you're talking about. No, I'm That's talking about the first track. The what intro you? track is actually yeah. my homies calling in being like, hey girl, what's up? Blah, 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 blah. Yo, hold on, bug. We're going to get this right right now. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, go yeah. pull this joint up, like right before. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm trying to figure out how you telling me about my album. I know, right? That's crazy, right? Now, right <laughs> before "Slow and Steady," like what comes before "Slow and Steady"? Oh shit! Nah, play it, play it, play it, play it, play it. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me see. Um, damn, can I pull it up? Let me see. Honestly, shut up. Yeah, it's called Sun Up. <laughs> I got you. I was wrong. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yep. I All was right. wrong. I All was right. thinking you were talking about a whole different project, in fact. Nah, nah, nah. The actual track, Sun Up. But it's not. It's, you're not rapping. Uh -huh. There's a lady actually speaking. That's Whoopi Goldberg. Right, right. I was like, the name, the name, it did sound like familiar. I wasn't sure if it was her. Yeah. Ah uh, yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. Let's let's go back. <laughs> so that 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 setup is like so dope because it's so inspirational, you know. And I'm just curious to know, like, um, what inspired you to start the the project off with that track? Like, why why did you come? A, why did you hit, hit it off with that interlude? We talking about Sonny. um, we talking about new days. We talking about New modes, new things, new ideas, new understanding. We talking about sun up. It don't always look. 
it don't always look like you think it's going to look. So you're going to have to see those bad times and be able to navigate through those as well as navigating through your own good times, your own personal triumphs and your own personal trials. You're going to have to learn how to navigate that. Because if, unless I'm just incapacitated, I can't afford to not take a, uh, an interview, a gig, a, you know, that is my choice and my choose is something that I, I've asked for, something that I've asked to be placed at. I can't afford to not. So when those days come, those down days come, it's got to be more to it than I want to. I mean, unless you really can just get into your, I want to bag. You've got to learn how to navigate. And it's important to have people that know how to navigate. You think Whoopi Goldberg don't know how to navigate? Right. Yeah, I, I like I like how it opened. It, it just to me, it just set the tone for the whole message of the project. You know, so I think like when you you got that. Yeah, dope, dope. When when you're when you're picking like skits or interludes, like. You know, what What type of thought process are you going through to, like, find? Like, are you, like, doing the research yourself? Like, how, I'm always curious to know, like, how yeah. artists come up with, like, certain, you know, excerpts of audio or speeches to go to weave into the message of their album. Uh, sometimes I do. I'm doing it a lot more now because of where my music is going. But before it would be, like, it would be like a group. Listen, like, shout out to the working class music group out in Atlanta, Georgia, because uh, we would have sessions and people would chime in input where they saw, like, oh, well, this, maybe this. There was always something to be considered. So if somebody heard a dope interlude that fit somewhere of what we were talking about, it'd be like, oh, okay, let's go check it out. Let's go, let's, let's think about it. Or somebody would bring it to the table and be like, oh, shit. Okay, that works. So you just drop it in right there. You know, there was really a collective spirit. Mm. So, dope, dope. yeah, yeah, yeah. The folks that I worked with in Atlanta really had a a, a, a a much more collective spirit than the people I will say here in Detroit. Like, you really have to find your folks here in Detroit. But which is great because I found I feel like I found my tribe mm. again or refound my tribe again, but wow. uh, I would say in Atlanta, there was so much more. If I was open to it, people were open to it. And wow. It was just so collective. It was so dope. It just really helped me to understand the need to understand that five fingers make it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? What's the feedback been like, you know, when it comes to, like, listeners of your music? Like, you know, has any, you know, how like, do you have any accounts of people kind of like reaching back out to you and saying like, yo, what you said on that record really resonated with me or it really got me through my day. Like, I feel like you have a lot of music that's very people relatable. That's really honestly. That's not why I do it at all. But like I said earlier, it is a, super duper like validating portion of mm. my day to get an email or a text 
Stack says, yo, Elf, yo, Bug, yo, whomever you know me by. That really, yo, that shit was really on point. Or, yo, damn, that really made me think. Mm. Or, yo, damn, that was really fucking dope. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the feedback is super duper necessary. It's, for me, it's, it's super necessary to have that that kind of interactiveness with the people that support me and listen. Mm. And, and when, um, you, when you I'm think honored. about... Like, you can't even... How else, how else do you feel about somebody taking the time out of their day to listen to you and then running it back? And then running it back? Or playing it for their friends? Or sharing it? Or dropping it at the party? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's amazing. I'm honored. You know what I mean? Every time that happens, I'm just like, dang, I can even, you know, when the days are dark and somebody drops one of those in my inbox, I'd be like, yo, nigga, what was I tripping for, dog? <laughs> I shouldn't dope. even been tripping. That's dope. You know? Um, So... The the track Slow and Steady is like a perfect segue from Sun Up, you know, to kinda like continue the message. You have a line on there where you say, How many of us know how to receive? How many actually believe? And pride won't do it. The ego won't help. And my man's told me love is a contract for self. And I, I'm trying to, I don't know if I'm doing it justice because the track is titled mm-hmm. Slow and Steady, and the way you're rhyming is really slow and steady. <laughs> but yeah. um, I feel like, just going back to that quote, I feel like you're saying, in order to achieve, you have to believe that you will receive, but don't let the ego get in the way. But I'll let you expound further. What, what exactly do you mean when you say the ego won't help? Cause you talk about the ego in other parts of your music too, like like confronting that ego. Because um, I feel like we don't deal enough with the it. We always deal with the ego, and so um, we're always in a space where we're hoping to balance out. But then we don't give the ego enough credit because the ego is what your clothes clean and your teeth brush and your hair. You know what I mean, like. Keeps you also um, presentable, I guess. Whatever. Anyway, the need for the ego has a place, right? But when the ego is out of balance, like it oftentimes is, when people gas you or be all on your jock or you've been a pretty girl all your life or, you know what I'm saying, like ego kind of can kind of get out of balance. But really that line was mostly about receiving. When our egos are oftentimes out of balance, we don't know how to receive true friendship, true love, true compliment, true success, true understanding. Sometimes that that ego gets so big and blown out of proportion, it's in the way of things, and you don't know how to receive it, right? So I remember in the four-year-old version, how many Malcoy is like, or Kevin Hart is like, I don't know what you said, but I'm taking a disrespect. You know what I mean? This nigga couldn't understand what was going on around him. So he couldn't receive 
message of what was happening, right? So immediately it's defense, immediately. And it's like a lot of us go through our lives and we should be able to receive love just as readily as we're ready to reject it. But we have so much mistrust for each other that we can't barely receive shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had mad people in my inbox before. And because I was on whatever I was on, I couldn't receive the blessing that was coming to me. Mm. And that's important to note because you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Word. Do, do you think that the ego could... Is there anything positive to the ego? Is there a positive Absolutely. aspect to it? And, and how would you describe the positive aspect of the ego? Well, I kind of started that with, with what I was saying in right. the first place, right? Like, for the ego, especially as far as I'm seeing, is uh, a little bit of that bravado that kind of lends itself to ego to make mm. you stand in a place and feel unfadable, unfavorable. But that is a thing that needs to stem from self and not from someone else. Mm. So oftentimes the ego is inflated by other people saying, other people adding to right? So to get it into balance and have it in full fluidity with yourself, it's a good balance. It's just got to be balanced. Mm. The ego is great. It's just got to be balanced. It can't be out of whack. Got it. Because if it's out of whack, then you, shit, we done got drunk at the bar and dropped $800 out your wallet because your ego is in the way. Think yeah. you're so big, Billy Bad, you know? Yeah. Wow. So I want to jump to 2018. Well, I'm really going back, right? But as I'm coming up the timeline of your projects, you have your album titled after your MC name, Book hmm. Brown. <laughs> uh, why'd you, what, 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 what made you decide to, that this album was going to be the, the album you would, you know, name after yourself? For no other reason than we didn't have a title. Really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought it was DJ no, now. no, honestly, oh, okay, I, honestly, it was our first project together, and it was like I feel like Tom wanted to, to we we decided to the guest name it Bull Brown just to kind of indicate that it was PC Records and Bull Brown. You know what I mean? Okay, like oh, this is a feature project with Bull Brown, kind of like that. Just kind of very simple shit. It was not yeah. There Name the no producer motive. again, because I'm not too familiar with the producer. Tom Cabruna? Yeah, I, I, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll send you some links. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah. You, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it real uh, with you, Bug. Like, that's, that's... He's in Great Britain. That's oh, he's why in Great Britain. Might not okay, know. yeah, I'm not too familiar yeah. with him. But I'm going to keep it real. Like, that that album, it, 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 it didn't really resonate with me so much, but... Yeah. Just being honest, yeah. Bug. No, 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 no disrespect at all. But um, there, there's some bangers on there. But I mean, in its totality, it didn't really resonate with me. But uh, what did, what was always interesting to me was the artwork. Um, 
And I'm like, I, I still to this day can't figure out what the actual cover represents. It looks like it's supposed to be you, like the, the image of the woman maybe signifies you, but I'm not sure what's going on with her head. Maybe you could break, break it down, like the significance of the artwork. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if you know that I used to have an afro, to go afro. Um, yeah. And then I mean, also, that is the mind. This is just an idea and insight into my mind. I, I don't see how it was, you know, bigger than that. As far as the one of the profile view, but the uh, the straight head-on shot. Yeah can't necessarily speak too much of that except for it was like these are the makings of me every time i thought of look at it i was like oh this is what makes up these elements of Bull brown got it got it got it yeah because i'm like I, I, I was trying to figure out what the um the orange stuff kind of shooting out of the here <laughs> was fire fire okay got it got it no that but that's dope though that's dope um you know, it's always good when I actually talk to the artist because, like I said, I'm a fan of the art and fan of the lyrics. I'm a fan of just the art and you know, in general. So, like, it's always good to hear from the artist, like what you know, what the inspiration or what the significance, you know, they had in mind for the actual art. So that's dope. Um, let's uh, let's bring it let's bring it back up to speed. Let's let's get let's get back to Spitzwell. I know, I know I've had you for a minute. You still good, Bug? You still with me? Beautiful, beautiful. And shout out to everybody out there that's tuning in. We got a few people. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I want to jump on the chat in a minute. Let me have to jump in the chat. Shout out to Yankee Bay. Excuse me, Rebecca. <laughs> big ups, big ups. All right. All right. All right. So... I wanna I wanna go to this project that you have out this year. It's like what, like a six track EP, seven track EP with mm -hmm. Spitzwell. Talk about mm -hmm. your relationship with Spitzwell. How did you and Spitzwell come together to to produce summer days? Well, uh, I know Spitz from Georgia. Um, okay. And We've known each other for years now. Go ahead, get, get yourself situated, Boog. It's all good. I'm still here. <laughs> so I, I also say, like, that that project, it's it's the first of the series. Like, there's volumes with that. Well, there's volumes because Fitzwell is doing a project. Right, right. Uh, yeah, he's doing that on something different, right? So the next person that came out on the Summer Days volume series was Equidio, yes. who was one of my favorite MCs. Yeah, you speak and highly of him. Say what? No, I said you speak highly of him. And he's actually, oh, on, yeah. the, he's actually on that project as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 He's probably one of the coldest MCs that you don't know you need to know. Wow. He would be like, oh, who's your favorite? I'd be like, Ethan Bio. And they'd be like, who? And yeah. I'd be like, Ethan Bio. The name. That's who. I've yeah. definitely heard his name a number of times. I can't say I've like gotten a chance to really 
hone into his music like that, but you're giving me uh, yeah, Dio Cold, man. New music to check Dio out. Dio Ben Cold. Word, word. Check him out. Check out the Summer Days Volume Two because that's out yeah. now and also Cold. So yeah, to, like continue to tell me about Spitzwell. So um, <clears throat> yeah, I met Spitzwell in Georgia through I think Miss Dia or I mean just being around in the hip hop scene in Atlanta. And um, when I moved, or just before I moved, he reached out like, yo, I'm doing this project that's based off these um, nostalgic hip-hop classics. Mm. Wants to know if you want to be a part. And I was like, yeah, you know. I didn't really have anything to be a part with, but I didn't. I was in the moment where I was like, oh, well, let me stay relevant and put something else out. I guess whatever the fuck that means, but. Um. Yeah, that was cool. That was a good, a good look, a good exercise mm. in a teamwork. So that's good to know. So you knew it was already a part of the a series, like a a series of volumes. That's what I wanted mm-hmm. to ask. I was like, did it just did you, was it just a one off thing, and then he then started doing the series? But that's good. It was kind of already. No, no, planned. he came through like with the idea, like, yo, okay, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Got it. And I was like, okay, well, shoot, I'm not mad at that. Let's do it. Now, let me ask you, you know, this this project, which came out this year, not too long ago, it's 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 your latest project since 2018. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. did this kind of fall in your lap as just something to kind of get yourself back out there? Or did you have other things that you're working on that still hasn't come out yet? Oh man, I got mansion I'm working on that hasn't come out yet. I'm very excited to share. So but um the Spitzwell drain it was kinda like a it was like a, hmm. Well let me flex my muscle a little, let me exercise a little bit. And then I got I went into it thinking that and then it got down to it where things were happening in my actual life, not my rap life. That uh and I, they're not really different, but honestly, a lot of that shit ain't interchangeable. But um, there was stuff happening, and it was like, yo, let me let me see if I can write this out. Let mm. me see if I could uh could um clear the cash in a way. And I feel like I did that to make space for this other more um. Pointed project I've been working on. Now, speaking of projects, will we ever, like, what's the status of Sundown? Like, will we ever get a chance to hear Sundown? Because Sunup is so dope. Like, I want to hear the continuation. Like, what's, what's up with that? Oh, shit, man. Sundown been done for like four years now. But I think I got to the point where I know and all my OGs is like bitch put that out uh, stop playing but sometimes we get a demo or sometimes we get um, a little too critical of ourselves and um, I think I let that happen to sundown where 
I was more critical than I was celebratory because we did that in a weekend and shout out to Lex Boogie and Meaty Beat. Um, we did that project, the Sundown Project in a weekend and as I grew and developed a lot of the topics and things were a little different than where I wanted to go. But then a lot of them I spoke on prematurely and so I wanted to do a bit more research. It was just like a let me take a minute to take a step back from it. And then it was like, okay, fuck it. Let's just get it mixed and mastered and see how it do. And then it, we couldn't come to agreement on the mix. And it was just like, it's been sitting on computers for a minute. Wow. And some of a lot of it sounds unfinished now when I go back and listen to it. And I'm like, oh, well, it could stand a little more love, you know. But yeah, hell yeah, you're going to hear Sundown just like you're going to hear Crying Season Volume 2. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you don't it, hear it. It's just you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna force my hand. Right, you're not right, gonna I, I can dig it. I can dig <laughs> you're gonna it. hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I because I, I know you've been talking about this for a long time, you know. And yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I have. what 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 will it take for you to put those little finishing touches on it? Like, if you had to push it forward, but I still, but at the same time, I respect that you're you're an artist who really likes to take your time with your project. So, you know. Um, I got a it's couple things we'll coming it, that I feel like be okay with. <laughs> dope, 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 dope. So yeah, that... I mean, it'll come out. It, it's gonna come out soon. It's just gotta. I gotta be happy with it. That's all. I could dig that. Yeah. So, the track on Summer Days, the lesson. Um, you start off by saying, in addition to all that I've written before. I like to say on record that my efforts weren't quite as on par. Holding on the daggers. Yeah, Wait, ho holding on the stones I should have used to sharpen my sword. Exactly. Shake it off and get up on your core. Time wasted, maybe, but how could I have come to this without having my own ego play me? Out of pocket, all the posturing, pushed me out of being locked in when I was right there and then I dropped it. That's There's a whole up. lesson in that. Yeah. You know? Tell me, though. And being... Sorry? Yeah, no, tell me why you think your efforts weren't on par. Because, like, I feel like, although there's favorites in my, you know, when I look at your catalog, like, I like certain projects over others. I like certain songs over others. I feel like your body of work is, is pretty dope. So... Well, I mean, I don't... It's not necessarily about how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. What... I'm necessarily saying is I recognize where I could have been sharper, better, doper, mm. colder, whatever, where I could have put forth more effort and it could have been something different. It is exactly what it is supposed to be because that's what it is. But that does not take away my responsibility to look at things for factually how they are and then to be honest with myself about what that means to me and then to be honest with the consumer about what that means to me we can disagree all day um and i don't i don't disagree i thought i think my shit is dope uh -huh. i think i am goddamn cast me out you know what I mean? you dope. really can't tell shit but i also have to acknowledge when I am 
taking a um when I'm not putting in full full effort. Right, right, you right. You know what I mean? My efforts weren't quite as on par. Yeah. Holding on to stones I should have used to sharpen my sword. Like if I say and when I say that my efforts weren't quite as on par, then that also touches for me on the idea of not being able to receive the gifts that I should have been able to receive had I been more knowledgeable of what was happening or uh, where I squandered opportunities that could have been grandiose, but then because I didn't have the gumption to, to go in and show up and do the thing that was necessary. That is me acknowledging that my mother, my ancestors, my father, my, you know, sisters, my friends, you know, they root for me. Mm. They root for me. I root for me. And when I show up halfway, that is a disservice to those people that I root for. Mm. And not that their minds and love mean more to me than my mind and love means more to me. But also... I have to acknowledge where wrong is wrong. And that first starts with me. Or where where improvement can be. Not like, oh, man, I hate it. Yeah, I'm so down on myself. Damn. No, but like, you have to, if you can't self-check, then what is it exactly that you think is going to happen if you, if you, if when someone else decides that it's time for you to be checked, like, if you are not even able to self-check, and how do you regulate and how do you participate in, in the lives of the people that are around you? Yeah. You know? I could dig it. It, it. it makes it makes a lot of sense that you, you break it down like that. Yeah, you know, your music is like really self-reflected, reflective a lot of times, man. And I, I could definitely appreciate that. So we got a comment from Terrence. Ah, what's up, T? <laughs> Shout out. He says, is the She the Hallway project going to happen? I know it's been years, but would like to hear Bug, Cyrox, Star, and Rita J on an album together. Oh, my goodness. That's an all-star lineup right there. Man. <laughs> Shout out to man. Rita J, yo. She, she, she retweeted the show earlier today. Big ups to Rita, man. Ah, Rita Star, J. Big ups to Star. Ooh. Word. So you got an answer to his question, book? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. You talking about? I'm sorry, Terrence. Sarah, right? Yes. Yeah, so you talking about three additional women that I would have to answer for in answering that question? I do not do that. I will not do that. No. Um. You see, uh, you see, Star just dropped a a a, a video the other day. Yeah, no Rita's doubt. about to drop a project. Starrock about to drop a project. Word. You know what I mean? Everybody's got stuff going on, so perhaps we could do some like something really cold, like a single. But yeah, that'd be dope. You know, that'd be dope. Yeah, I that'd was be just... real dope. I mean, well, I mean, if you if you're asking if I'm down, hell yeah, I'm down. But okay. do that's, we have the time? Maybe. No, I don't know. <laughs> yo, I was just thinking about it today. I was like, yo, Atlanta, and this is when you were in Atlanta, right? Because prior to finding out tonight, like I, I thought you were still in Atlanta. 
Um, oh, yeah. But, like, when I think about it, like, Atlanta got the dopest female MCs. Like, most of the dopest MCs that are women are actually in Atlanta. Like, I don't know if there's a science to that, but I had to think about that. I don't know if Ms. Corona would agree to you, bro. What's that? I don't know if Ms. Corona would agree, or DS or Lyric Jones. I don't know if they would agree about that Atlanta comment, bro. You better... Nah, you know what it is? I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm going to pump my brakes a little bit and I'm going to be clear on what I mean. What mm -hmm. I mean is like the, the, like there's an abundance. Sure. Like I put you in that in that space, even though you're from Detroit. Sure. Like you've been down there for a minute, so I feel like Atlanta is like home to you in a, in a way. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so like when I think about it, I could, I could name like four sisters that's all out in Atlanta, including you. I don't know if there's a city. I can't even say that for New York right now. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and this is what I mean, Bug. I mean, lyrically gifted I know like what you that. mean. You know what I, I mean? There's mad sisters out there rapping. But I mean, mm -hmm. like, they could spit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's an yeah. abundance. You're right. Coming out of Atlanta, you know what I mean? No bullshit. No bullshit. Yeah. Well, big ups to Invincible. Big ups to, you know, Gene Gray, all the you know, all the artists that represent other areas, um, you know, the sisters that's doing their thing. But I'm like, yo, I'm thinking about Saw Rock, I'm thinking about you, I'm thinking about Star, Rita J, like I'm sure it's a name or two that I'm missing, but like that's a lot right there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Dope, dope, dope. So the Yanni fresh... Mo, you need to check out Yanni Mo too. She's in Atlanta. Yanni oh. Mo, okay, I'm gonna check mm -hmm. for that. So yeah. there's there's a track on on uh Summer Days Volume One called The Fresh. Uh, I think Ekundayo is on that, right? That's the one that Ekundayo is on. Ekundayo. Ekundayo. Let me get the name yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. You you um. You, um for them. Yeah. You have a really clever reference where you say you look up to Axel Foley. Now, I'm sure people know. If you don't know who Axel Foley is, that's Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hill Cops, right? The film series. Um, in yeah. the context of the song, why would you reference that character in high regard, Axel Foley? Hmm. I feel like Axel Foley is one of the most cold characters in cinema history because he was clever, he was witty, smart, and he never left a man behind. There was always room for his partner to win and shine. And he had all the doozies for you if he was a dumbass or if you wanted to front on him. He had all the like, man, you know what I mean? Oh, you gonna front on me? Here's a banana in your tailpipe for your trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, I look up to Axel Foley. I don't hang around with no phone. You gotta show me. Yeah. Like, seriously. Like, you could tell that Axel was just a bad kid that grew up knowing how to finesse shit, right? And so then you get on the, the, the police force and you know how to finesse shit. But old me creep on any street can't hold me. I did with facts and I supposedly, you know what she you know what I mean? Like this is this is a, a character that I I would love I love to align myself with because I feel like we have the same kind of uh, principles. Mm. 
Isn't it dope how you could find a characteristic in somebody that's not actually real? Like, I mean, Eddie Murphy <laughs> is real, but like, this is a character. It, mm-hmm. it, it always amazes me. Like, it's like this whole, you know, idea of like myths being kind of like a mm-hmm. powerful thing. And you could like look at, you know, a story or something that a character represents and it could embody something that you either look up to or you yourself uh, want to embody. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, I fuck with Eddie Murphy, period, yeah. on like just a base-ass level. Eddie, Eddie Murphy was my era. Older people would be like, nah, nah, uh, uh, Richard Pryor. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. But Eddie Murphy was more, <laughs> he was more tangible for me. And if I'm honest, you know, we could talk about Gene Wilder. We can talk about all the comedic geniuses. I mean, I feel like uh, Dick Gregory was was more of a comedian and more in the, the lane of what was funny as fuck to me than all of them. Knew. But you know, that's just me. But Afro Foley was always one of those. He was cool as fuck, smooth as fuck, yeah. tight ass pants on, dumbass sweatshirt. You know what I'm saying? Like jacket. Like he just. He came through and he was repping the D and it was just like, mm, you got Gil Hill in the fucking movie. Like, nah, Aquafolia is good. <laughs> I want to be like Aquafolia when I show up. <laughs> dope, dope, dope. Great. I'm glad you broke that down. So track four entitled Unknown. As I listen to that song, it seems like you're talking about a significant other of the past. However... I, I was just a little curious as to why you titled it Unknown. Is there a significance in the name to the message? Um, no, it's just basically that unknown space of where we find each other, where we meet, mm. right? Where we can see eye to eye because it looks different with different people. And um, when you're dating, there is a part of you that's on display and then a part of you that sometimes has to be shielded. Maybe in the beginning, maybe in the end, I don't know. But for me, you don't all put it all out and be overwhelmed with people, you know. So it's unknown in that, is this enough for us to um, one with? Is this enough for us to see eye to eye and um, these are these unknown factors. Will this be what we both want it to be tomorrow or in the next 20 minutes? Or, you know, it's unknown. There's always unknown factors. Even in, you know, unless it's, for me, unless it's a marriage, it's always unknown. Mm. You know, so we get married, it's always unknown because if God take you and you've been seeing somebody for 12 years, you're just going to be their special friend in the obituary. You're not about to be, you know what I'm saying? It's unknown what's going to happen. Your, their family might respect your union, but they might. Mm. So then you might not be able to get those decisions. You might not be able to um, show up at the funeral or show up in the spaces that like would be, like if you fall ill and go to the hospital, who can come and say they can make decisions on your behalf? Mm. If you're not in a marriage like that, then you leave everything kind of unknown. Mm. And so 
I was talking about a real adult relationship. And then also when I listened to it again, I was like, oh, this is the relationship with black men and black women mm. in the world too, because it's, it is finding the world is so hard to do. Ain't no discussion. All you want to do is argue, mm. transparent, trying to make it clear as possible. But you want to pick heads to follicles. You know what I'm saying? These are like things that are absolutely relevant to the type of discussions that we need to have and the type of head-banging bullshit that we meet each other with mm-hmm. because we can't. Now we can't. Pardon. We don't as yet see eye to eye in that we are the victims of a dirty, dirty game mm. that neither of us has the one of it. You know what I mean? So I also, after I wrote it and after I listened to it a couple times, I was like, oh shit. Wow. Also, also this. Do you find that happen happening a lot with your music? Like you might write it for personal reasons and then when you listen to it again, it's like, oh wow, like this this actually speaks to a larger issue. Does that happen in your music at times? If not, it's cool. Just curious. Uh, uh, I'm thinking That was just a uh one instance. No, I'm thinking. Yeah. I've written a good number of songs, so Trying to see if that happened before. Or maybe based on feedback. Maybe somebody's like, like, yo, like, wow, like that really that that hit me in this way. And you you wasn't even thinking like that. I mean, yeah, yeah. heck yeah, that yeah. has happened a lot of times. Yeah. That's happened a lot of times. But then also like I could name I could think about about maybe three or four songs that I was like, Oh man, damn. That sounds like it could be about, or that sounds like that's too, you know what I mean? Which is nice because, you know, you want that shit to flow in and out. Like, I want it to suit whatever net need it needs to, you know. Yeah. I feel like um the, the track, the track uh, Friends Like These, you know, going back to one of the earlier projects with um Cam Moy on it. Um, it, that kind of resonates in that way. Cause as, I, as I'm hearing you spit, you know, spit the rhymes, I'm like, wow, like this is very, very like people relatable. Like, I think you say, mm-hmm. what did you say? You say, oh yeah, they love it when you down on your luck and, and reappear when they need you and be all in your ear. Like, ah, oh, bug, you listen so well, feel like I could tell you anything. Let me drain you empty with this energy. Like I ain't dealing with ish dodging rumors. I know two that came from you because you were the only one I talked to. And then you go on, you go on, whatever. But it's like, yo, like when I'm hearing that line, I'm like, wow, like that's some like real people relatable, you know, um, rhymes right there, you know? So wh- what would you say fuels your most deepest, like personable, relatable tracks? Um, real life. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure what. But I, you know what I mean? Like just just no, I mean like when you when you go from like mind to paper, like are you thinking mm-hmm. about like experiences that you know you're going through and like yo, you know what I'm a that's something I wanna like pen into a song or I wanna pen that into a message or how does it uh-huh. how does it come? Like how does your writing process come with the actual stories or the messages in your music? Ooh. Um 
it comes naturally. Like, mm. it just, it flows. Sometimes I do, like, at the beginning of the month, I'll set, um, like, maybe five or six topics that I want to write about and cross them off as I write. So, depending on what kind of music is sent my way, I can get that off. But, Honestly, the beat and the words, they come together. Mm. That has to be a thing. Mm. Mm. They have to marry. And then sometimes they marry and divorce because I've rewritten more songs and rewritten better songs. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it just depends. But yeah. I definitely have a list of topics that I need that I, I feel like are necessary to discuss. Yeah. Necessary to touch on. So yeah. I do that too. I think that's what makes certain artists really powerful in my opinion, like just the ability to touch other people by, you know, sharing maybe situations that may have, you may, you may have experienced or you may have even observed that other people could like really relate to, you know, and I think you do that really well in your music. So thank you. Word, word. So, Boog, I, I, I definitely want to thank you so much. I know I've had you here for a minute. <laughs> so I appreciate this in-depth interview. Uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, before we get out of here, though, I do want to ask you, like, what, what, what's, what would you say is next up for you? Like, I know that this project has come out and, you know, I'm, it's, it's holding me down. I think the records are really, really dope. It really, it really resonates in a very soulful way. And in, in a way, this project actually reminds me of Sun Up. But it, it ah, nice. yeah, but it, it gives, it's like a yearning for something more. It's like a teaser that's, in a way. I feel like it's a teaser. Yeah. I don't Appetizer. know if that's what you were going for, but I feel like it's a teaser. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, you know, real diehard book Brown fans, they're going to really appreciate this. But I'm curious to know, like, is this a setup for something big that, or something else that we'll see maybe before the end of the year, or maybe uh-huh. early next year? Like, what's, what do you think? Um, what's what's I got a agenda? few big things on the horizon that I will not speak about until ink dries. But um, outside of that, uh, I will say that uh, we got some super useful tools coming out for you to notch your teeth on, and. Um, going to be wonderful and a lot of more well a lot less self-reflective and a lot more uh sharpness and shit talk because i feel like um kind of got enough of a handle on myself to where i can stand on my own two feet in a way that i don't need to necessarily reflect with you guys how much my life has changed but i can't talk cash money with you about what's going on for real. Um, anyway, I'm I got I got a couple things on the horizon, a couple singles, a couple videos, a couple things. Nice. Merchandise, a couple things. So, you got yeah. video you got I'm sure you got videos for this project, right? For the Spitzwell project. You got you got um, some I am actually shooting a video for the Spitzwell project, oh. but you know, um COVID kinda threw a little monkey wrench in everybody program. Of course. As far as money is concerned, and you know, I like to pay the people that I work with. So uh, a lot of it is like 
getting the schedules together and then getting people, you know, you got people that want to shoot videos or want to shoot photo shoots and really they're not all the way interested. So it's a kind of a back burner kind of, kind of thing. So we're going to see, uh, as I, as I, you know, get my, get my trajectory together. Cause you know, I need about eight weeks, but you'll see. You'll see fairly soon. Okay. I know. I'm going to keep a lookout for that. We definitely going to be promoting it and supporting, you know, the movement, man. The Book Brown movement. You know, we got a lyric video, actually. You know that, right? We got a lyric video oh, for really? uh, okay. The Seed. Yeah. Oh, for The Seed, like yeah. It's yeah, yeah. a dope record, too. But then I, got... I think we're going to have, like, an in-person video. But, you know, COVID kind of... Right, right, right. Everybody, everything. So it was like, uh... Yeah. I gotta say, the fresh is probably my favorite track on the album. Mm. Is that the one with yeah, the person sure. that's singing? I'm not sure who's singing on that. Oh, that's that's Backwood one... Mark. Shout out to Backwood Mark. Backwood Mark. Okay. Uh, Alien Craft. Yo, he, he does that. that he does that hook justice, man. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He wrote that hook. He comprised that hook. Wow. He composed that hook. He's dope. You should look up Backwood Mark. Yeah. It's a B A C K W U D. Okay. Backwoods. He's based in Atlanta too? Uh-huh. Oh yeah, backwards, right? Decatur. Actually, let me not say he is Decatur. Decatur. Okay. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just so you know that there's a distinguished difference. Difference, yes, yes, yes. So let me ask you something. You're back in Detroit now. How long have you been back? Like how how long have you been back in Detroit from Atlanta? Four years now, three wow. and a half years now. Wow, I didn't know. And and what what um, I'm just curious to know. Like you 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 return back to Detroit. I feel like it's a new book brown, right? It's definitely a new book brown. How has the Atlanta influence book brown made an impression on the now returned Detroit book brown? You know, how's, how's your family, how's, you know, people that you connect with in Detroit, how, how do they receive this new Atlanta-blessed uh, book brown? I don't know, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope they love it, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, honestly, I came back home because I was like, yo, if you're going to be fucking out in the street somewhere, um, might as well be at the house where people that actually give a fuck about you live. Not that people didn't give a fuck about me in Atlanta. I don't I don't mean that, but my father's here, my grandmother got right, right. her, she was here, my yeah. nana, my you know, my sisters, my family is here. Yeah. And it was getting a little long in the tooth and I was looking around and looking at my nephews and they were just shooting up and I they didn't know me. Yeah. And I didn't know them. And my niece was born. She didn't know me. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't know her and I didn't like that. Because I, I know that one thing that I learned in Atlanta was that that people that love you, they gather around you. Yeah. They hold you down. They hold you up. And I wanted to be able to be that for my family. Wow. I show. I wanted to show up in that way a bit overzealously. I apologize to all my family friends, but yeah. I mean, I was just so very excited to be a part of a community that I felt like could really benefit from the idea of community. Yeah. Um, 
Not that that wasn't always already happening here. Cause it's always been in Detroit. Detroit is, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So it's, wow. but also, um, I don't know. I don't know how they have benefited, but I have benefited from being home because nothing like a Detroit. Nothing winter. like home. It yeah, absolutely yeah. makes you uh, appreciate the summertime and so. the warmth, the love, the all that. Absolutely makes you appreciate that. Cold ain't too bad. Yeah. Do you think we'll um like see more like because there's a lot of dope artists in Detroit. Like I I feel like Detroit is one of them cities that really, really got. I can like just start naming the talent. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm I'm hoping that yeah. I'm hoping you that know. I see more collabos with you and and some of the Detroit, you know the Detroit mm-hmm. heads, you know like the 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 the, the brothers that you know represent Detroit hard, man. Yeah, maybe me and Corona got something coming out though. So okay, stay tuned for that. Got it. You know, Miss Corona. You I, I, heard, about I heard you, you reference. Know? I heard you reference her. I'm not too familiar with her though. Check yeah. her out. M I Z K O R N A. Got Check it. Her out. I definitely know yeah, Invincible, yeah. but not Corona. I don't. I, it's interesting. Yo, the name you ever Corona seen that too. movie Eight Mile? Yes. You ever seen the movie before? Yeah, yeah, of course. Miss Corona's an Eight Mile. She was at the lunch truck sitting. Oh, okay. Like if you I'm go, go back to it, back. You, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. I'm almost positive. Got it. It's got almost it. Impossible to not know. I'm gonna go check that out. I'm gonna go check that out. In I'm any go. case, yeah, we got some stuff coming out. Um. Yeah. Some of the brothers, like I, uh, for the bros, I got work with uh, Nolan, formerly Nolan. Yeah, yeah. I'm always trying to fuck with uh, soul forces, but always a fan. Yeah. Um, you know, I can read it, you know. What about like Black Milk and... You know, I see. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Okay. We'll see what happens. You know, I'm not a dick riding friend, so I don't. Got it, got it. I, if we cool and it makes sense, then we cool and it makes sense. But if we don't. not, all right. And then also, you know, the brothers is always gonna get a shot. The sisters is who I'm fucking with right now. Got it, got it, got it. I'm, 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 I'm looking forward, man. Like, what's good with Invincible? I haven't heard much from her lately. Is she still like doing her thing, like putting out? Well, first of all, Invincible is Ill Weaver. And she, oh, she changed they would prefer to be them and they as opposed to she and her. Got it. So Bill Weaver would prefer to be them and they than she and her. So they are actually on a different aspect of the music business that's happening right now. And um, they are definitely making great ways in the background as opposed to the forecast. Got it. Got it. Wow. Book, it was a pleasure talking to you tonight, you know. Much respect and much success. I hope Thank that you. your you know your fans could take a li- listen to this or view this and really um, you know, get you know, it helps to helps to enhance their understanding of who you are. I think you're you a very special so. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I feel you I feel yeah. like you you're very special to this art form and I'm just I feel like you know, even though you've put out a number of projects, like I feel like the world still has not gotten to Best hear. Yet to come, baby. Yeah, Best exactly. Yet to come. <laughs> sure. So, sure. so indeed, I'm gonna be checking for new releases. 
Did you say we might see something for uh, see some, another project from you before the year is up? Or uh -huh. okay, uh -huh. good, good for sure. So definitely, good. I'm gonna definitely it's be Jack. checking for it's that. It's on Jack. We just gotta. <laughs> Not yet. I'm with you. I'm Wait with you. for it. You're gonna hit us with one of them surprises like Thursday night into midnight. Oh, new project from. <laughs> Right, with a t-shirt and a hat combination or some shit. Exactly, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, we just gonna hold tight. We'll see. Word, word. But yeah. in the meantime, I just want to tell people to go check out that Summer Days Volume 1. If you haven't yeah. heard it, if you haven't picked it up, it's definitely on par with, yeah. you know, the quality that you're known for. So, you know, I Thank think that's, that's good. It'll hold us down until this next project. The show, man, it's, it won't be too soon. It won't be too far off either. You know what I mean? Bluesground.com. Go sign up. Stay yes. abreast with what's happening. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'll see y'all soon. Yeah. Show. Tell the it's people definitely. your socials, because I know you said your website, but oh. let them know the, your, your socials as well. All right. All right. So, um, Bluesground.com, of course, first of all. And then um, the number one, the numeral one. And one book brown that's on Instagram, I think. I'm yes, sorry, I'm not that's kidding. Instagram. Yep, and then, <laughs> and, then, and then Facebook is just book brown backslash or book brown one or something like that. I'm sorry, guys, I'm not great at the social media thing, I'm great at being on them, not sharing them. Oh. So, <laughs> I'm pretty certain if you Google book brown, yeah, all that it'll come, come up. up. Twitter, I think Instagram, on Twitter, it's just book brown. I think that one is easy. Yeah. I think on Twitter Three. it's just Book Brown, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brown. No, it's easy. Book Brown. That ain't that ain't hard. <laughs> I mean, even but, my Gmail is super simple. So just, yeah. you know, <laughs> like word, don't word. overcomplicate it. Don't yeah. don't don't read. Yeah. Don't That's read. what's up. So yeah, man. <laughs> um, for all of our listeners and viewers, thank y'all for tuning in. The show will be up as an audio podcast on Friday. This is a very extensive one, so, you know, I hope people have the time to really check. You know, you could always... The beautiful thing about On Demand is you could always go back to it at any time. Sure can. Yeah, yeah. So, um, remember to catch us on uh, our podcast, our audio podcast on Anchor.fm. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. Our website is outtheboxmedia.com. You know, um, right. you just got to hit that up. You could also subscribe if you can. You know, um, you could just hit that subscribe button on the menu tab so that we could keep Thank you updated you. with everything out the box related. And just like that, I want to thank you again, Bug, and much success. Like I said, I'm going to be looking for the new projects and I'm going to be holding thank tight with summer days. All right. Thank you. And just I appreciate like that, you for reaching out, brother. Thanks indeed, for hollering. Indeed, indeed. So just like right. that, I just want to say peace, love, and light to everyone out there. Until next peace episode, up. stay good, stay healthy, stay good. <laughs>